Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Homegrown, an ode to Sugar Bowl Sam. I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Melvin Sims, the owner and founding partner of the Tenants' Rights Groups, LLC in Chicago. Hi, Melvin. How are you? Hi, Shamantia. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. So for the listeners that don't know, there's a little background with Melvin. I've interviewed him before when I was freelancer for CBS Chicago. So I, I definitely wanted to get his take on a recent hot topic, which is the CDC eviction moratorium and what's going on in Cook County with evictions, especially during the craziness of coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic and what's going on. Well, it's getting better now, thanks to Pfizer and Moderna. But this was especially timely to speak with you because you were working on behalf of tenants. I was talking to you about tenants six years ago, and you're still right in the thick of it. Yes, indeed. And um, the eviction moratorium subsequent to the pandemic uh, in Illinois and across the country is the new news in tenants' rights. It is. So the way I understand it is that there's something, especially this June 9th now, the federal eviction moratorium is currently set to expire on June 30th. And I know there's a judge's ruling that's coming around. Can you tell me a little bit more about, do you, do you know what's going on right now about them deciding what they're going to do with the CDC eviction moratorium and this federal case? Well, I'm confident that the CDC eviction moratorium uh, will be extended. In Illinois, um, our eviction moratorium that was put in place by an executive order from our governor, uh, first in 2020, I believe it was late March, early April of 2020, right. when uh, Governor Pritzker first issued uh, executive order 2020-10, um, and the sections two and three were the uh, inception of the Illinois eviction moratorium uh, as we know it. And uh, Shamantiel, let me just say that in Illinois, it's been my experience that, and though this is counterintuitive, federal law is supposed to supersede and trump state law. However, uh, in Illinois, um, the Illinois provisions have been what uh, has really given the tenants their their protection um, as the courts were uh, as you know, circuit courts and 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 courts amongst the the, the circuits and the counties will will often you know be territorial and y your podcast is homegrown and we call it uh, <laughs> home field <laughs> where they do things the way they like and uh, they interpret the um, the statutes and the executive orders in a manner that it is consistent with their theoretical and philosophical ideas and so the the federal moratorium was great. But uh, the tenants in Illinois really are getting their protections on the ground in court from the Illinois eviction moratorium. Okay. And I mean, we're all, uh, nationwide, we had about 10.7 million adults living in rental housing. So that's about 15% of adult renters around the United States. So this is relevant even outside of Chicago. This is relevant to a lot of people. In all fairness, most of my podcast topics on Homegrown are for homeowners, but we spoke previously and I've told you in my condo, there are landlords who they bought their condo and they rent their property out. And by me being on the board, I was especially interested in learning about landlord and tenant rights. 
because there was a time, especially around between March to December, there was it, it got kind of funky with property owners and tenants and them just not being able to afford to leave. My grandfather always had a saying uh, about the you, you can't pull yourself up by the bootstraps if you have no boots. So there does, <laughs> so there does come a time where I, again I've been a tenant for longer than I've been a homeowner, and there does have to be a little empathy with people who lost their jobs and lost their living through no fault of their own and being able to stay in their place. But what's interesting is I also read articles about property managers and home, well, basically landlords who their tenants were unable to afford to pay them rent, but then the homeowners still had to pay mortgages. So I've, I've kind of, I see both sides of the fight, but when it comes to somebody just not being able to pay versus just choosing not to pay, it's a totally different world. So how are you working with that in your profession, in your world where you're, you're kind of working, do you ever work with landlords or is it only tenants? Well, sure, Shamantio. When you first interviewed me back in what I want to say is 2014 or 2015. Yeah, 2015. Um, we worked pretty strictly um, and exclusively with tenants. But obviously over the years of being in the trenches as a, a full-service boutique um, landlord-tenant law firm and being in court on a daily basis, over the years we met landlords who were upright and ethical landlords who we were comfortable representing. Um, because they have interests, obviously, to be protected as well. And so our approach from the landlord plaintiff attorney side to these cases is obviously a lot different than some of the some of the primarily landlord eviction houses, you know, that are very callous and have, uh, you know, just have kind of a get them out no matter what type of approach. Right. You know, it's always been our philosophy to try to approach cases where where we're the plaintiff landlord uh, in a way, and try to get an equitable resolution. And that um, is, I think, telling for what has taken place and what needs to continue to take place for the landlord-tenant landscape here in, in Chicago and in, and in greater Illinois. Um, the first issue that you brought up was the fact that, you know, that the, the, the enforcement um, of evictions and that ability um, was removed, thus giving tenants the ability not to pay rent and avoid being evicted, but that the landlords who are our business people, okay? Right. Ultimately, at the end of the day, if you even have just one door that you're renting, you're, you're, you're in the business. Right. Um, still had mortgages, property taxes, uh, assessments in many cases, if it was a condominium like yours, um, utilities were an issue depending on how those were structured in the lease. And so what we saw and what we advised is, um, the, that the major mortgage houses, so the the Bank of Americas of the world, the mm -hmm. uh, the Chase Home, the major mortgage and finance companies, um, were offering in many instances very very reasonable either forbearance terms, um, um, delays where they're in you know where they're adding payments that are now currently due to the to the end of the lease, um, and there were several options um, you know as far as finance. Shamantio for for plaintiff landlords who, who had tenants in place that weren't paying rent to try to mitigate some of their damages. Um, and so 
advising our clients and of course your listeners who are who are tenant uh, uh, landlord tenant investors and, and, and own property and, and potentially have tenants in that aren't paying rent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first thing we want you to do is to research and avail yourself of the kind of pressure valves that your lenders and that your condo associations um, have made available. And, and then we want you to avail yourself of those to take the pressure off of the, the landlords, which then makes it a little easier for them to take some of the pressure that we've seen um, being exerted on, on the tenant. Okay. When I was when I was looking over the C I'm sorry. When I was looking over the CDC eviction moratorium fact sheet, a couple of things stood out to me because at first I misunderstood it and thought like you couldn't evict tenants under any means that you that you were just stuck with them until they let up the freeze. But I noticed there are a few disclaimers. Some of the things that landlords are protected from is they can um the order does does allow an eligible tenant to be evicted, and this was before January 31st, but there were a few eviction protections. You couldn't engage in criminal activity while on the premises. You couldn't threaten the health or safety of other residents. You couldn't damage or pose an immediate and significant risk of damage to property. You couldn't violate any applicable building codes, health ordinance, or similar regulation. You couldn't violate any contractual obligation. And you had to make a good faith effort to pay rent, even if it was partial, uh, in addition to including non-payment or late payment of fees, penalties, or interest. So there were a few things that people could do to protect themselves, to make sure that the tenants were being honest about, I really just don't have this job. And when I started looking up unemployment rate, it got, to be honest, it got kind of depressing. Every time I looked up the rate for unemployment between 2020 to 2021, I kept seeing a higher amount. I started off at 4 million, then I got to 7.5 million, then I was just flat out depressed reading this. But when I looked at the declaration of eligibility, I'm not sure if this was, I'm not sure people brought this up enough or even knew that they could have turned in this fact sheet, the declaration of eligibility to let their landlords know, Hey, I'm protected under this CDC eviction moratorium fact sheet. You cannot kick me out because of this reason, that reason, or that reason. Do you think that tenants still feel like they have the same level of protection now? Or since we have Pfizer and Moderna, do you think that's dwindling off again? No, we've seen uh, a, a very high level of, of anxiety mm-hmm. and, and and panic, quite honestly, from uh, a good portion of our tenant base as, um, as obviously the vaccinations roll out and it looks as, uh, you know, phases are being entered where, you know, our city and, and other municipalities are reopening. And so there's a lot of trepidation about, you know, what's going to happen? Well, I still have these protections. You know, I've got X amount of months, maybe a year of back rent that that is, you know, overwhelming. I don't have the the wherewithal to pay that. Um, So so there's a lot of trepidation out there. But what what I will say and what I want all tenants in Illinois to know is that uh, particularly in Cook County, which is obviously our most populous center here in the state, Mm -hmm. um, is that the reason that Governor Pritzker is only extending the state eviction moratorium every 30 days is because that is the the extent of his power under uh, the disaster executive power so he can only do 30 days at a time um 
we believe that after August, the prohibition against the filing of evictions, which, and we'll get into that, has already been lifted to some degree, um, will be lifted um, probably at the end of August. What that means is that there's going to be a slew of eviction filing. Um, however, and, and you may remember when we discussed this um, at our last interview, the eviction filing, that is just the, the tip of the iceberg in the eviction process. And now remember, Chamatiel, there hasn't been any, any evictions um, to speak of filed in Illinois for going on a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. What that means is the sheriff has a backlog. Sheriff has a backlog of thousands and thousands of evictions because there were evictions um, that were scheduled in the fall of 2019 that hadn't taken place, okay? Mm -hmm. And so all those evictions are kind of in the queue in line ahead of anything that is going to get filed against you. So, you know, I've been, you know, advising a lot of my clients that if an eviction is filed against you in 2021, if the landlord actually does file and they and they follow all of the procedures and the, and, and the prerequisites, meaning the provision of the notice, the provision of the declaration, they now have to do a landlord certificate of compliance with the governor's moratorium and file that along with the eviction. Well, by the time they get through that, um, you know, that's a month-long process to get you in court. And then court is also a month-long process, um, you know, uh, as long as you preserve your rights and, and go about defending yourself in eviction court properly. I, punchline, I don't see a, a, a mass amount of evictions taking place this year. If an eviction case was filed against you this year, I don't, I just don't see a path to a sheriff getting to your door to actually evict you this year. Um, and, of course, you'd have to look at kind of the, the – the, the, the systemic and the infrastructure disaster that that would cause the state and the, and the city and the county, you know, obviously the body politic cannot afford to have, you know, 30,000 people a month evicted or out on the street, um, which is kind of what, what the eviction filings, you know, were running numerically. So I, I anticipate more relief. Um, obviously, there's been resistance and a balancing of the tensions between the, the landlord bar and the, obviously some of the realtors associations um, and the tenants' rights bar and the tenants' advocacy groups. But bottom line is that I just don't think that it works um, for a governor to or a mayor to break their state or their city, oh. right? Um, particularly if they want to be reelected. Okay, and let's be honest, there are far more renters in the in the um, voter polls than there are homeowners, okay, just because there are more renters than there are. So, what, what, call, you know, I keep thinking of a story that you, and again, again, I've been a tenant for much longer than I've been a homeowner. So I'm very 50 50 on this one. I'm not so much taking sides, but because I'm a homeowner now, I just keep thinking of if I was in their shoes, there was a story and I can't remember where the lady was from. It was a news story recently where she wanted to go home to visit her parents or something. And she rented out her place for about a month while she was gone. And then she came back and because she rented this place out and come back home, the renters wouldn't leave and they didn't have to leave. So she's just, well, they, they, they weren't paying rent and knew they didn't have to pay rent and they could just stay there. I, so again, I just kind of wonder sometimes, what do you do when a tenant is taking advantage of that eviction freeze? 
Well, well, let's backtrack one step. The okay. first thing that we want homeowners to do, mm-hmm. and, and if you're an institutional uh, investment property um, owner, or if you, you're just a person that happens to have inherited, you know, a, a three flat or a single family home that you're renting out, mm-hmm. um, the most important step for you now uh, is to take advantage of the IDA rental assistance. And as a landlord, IDA is a is an acronym that's IHDA, the Illinois Housing Development Authority. Okay. And they rolled out a package of, of emergency rental assistance last year. I think that maxed out at a five thousand dollars, and I believe there was some thirty odd million in the city of Chicago. Suburban mm-hmm. Cook County has its own program, and they are paying, I believe, up to fifteen thousand dollars of rental arrears for bona fide tenants. So the first thing any any landlord who's having a rental problem uh, needs to do before they do anything else is they need to go to the IHDA website if they haven't done so already, and they need to institute the emergency rental um, assistance um, program, and then they need to notify their tenant of such and make sure that the, that the tenant is aware and looking out for the email so that they do their portion. And okay. let's, um, you know, let's take advantage of the resource that was put there um, as a stopgap measure, you know, against the fact that so many, so many landlords and homeowners now are just unable to collect rent. Okay. That's good to know. Well, yeah, and you know, I, I don't understand why there wasn't more publicity around it. I guess maybe they didn't want the program to get overwhelmed, but it, you know, the I believe the deadline is June 15th um, for Chicago. It's been open since, I want to say, June 1st. Um, for Chicago and significantly longer than that in suburban Cook County. I have so, to tell you, I didn't really, I didn't really hear much. I hear more about the eviction moratorium and the CDC. Well, once, well, first of all, once we change presidents, but I heard more about it because it's expiring now. I feel like throughout all of 2020, I didn't hear it as much. And initially I thought maybe I didn't hear it as much because I'm not renting. I own my place and I, I, I live in the place that I own. I felt like I might have heard about it as more as if I was if I had a landlord tenant agreement, but I did start hearing about the freezes. Uh, the reason is because well, I won't go too much into that, but I was um, working on an eviction situation that I cannot speak to. However, what was interesting to me was in Chicago we had the freeze, but in surrounding suburbs they were still a victim. Like these people weren't unemployed and dealing with financial problems too. So it was interesting to think like, don't think it's just the whole state. It might be your city. They get, they got the freeze, but the whole state isn't treated the same. Well, remember we talked earlier, uh, Shamantiel about that, the kind of hometown. Right, right, right. True. Process that, you know, some judges and, and maybe some county sheriffs have. However, the Illinois eviction moratorium is a statewide executive order. Mm-hmm. And so um, any eviction that's being carried out anywhere in the state in contravention to that uh, is, is, is improper. Okay. And early on, you know, we, we kind of refer to them as collar counties. And, and I'm not speaking as much to Southern Illinois just because our practice is Northern Illinois based, mm-hmm. but you know, the collar counties, though they, many of them interpreted, you know, I'm using air quotes here, interpreted okay. the executive order and the CDC moratorium, and then went right on about their business. 
um, the, 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 the sheriff still should not have been allowed to go out and evict. They definitely um, did. And I'm not, I'm not saying they definitely did. It was, it was interesting to watch the drastically different attitude about sheriffs delivering eviction notices outside of Chicago and inside of Chicago. And again, 50-50, I see it both ways. Well, I'll tell you, you wouldn't have been surprised at all had you been in the landlord-tenant practice because those of us who were in the business <laughs> have been aware of the drastic difference between Cook County, uh, Chicago, and suburban Cook County, there's a change. And then outside of Cook County to the Collar County, you get into the Will and the Winnebago's and the Lake Counties and the okay and the um, Kane County. Mm-hmm. Things are a little different. Things are different. However, the Illinois, the, the Illinois um, eviction moratorium as issued um, by the governor is enforceable and it, it's the law of the land okay at this point so so there aren't or there shouldn't be people being evicted in it you know in, in any meaningful amount in illinois and i say that only to say that every moratorium or executive order that we've seen be it the federal one um or the state moratorium which 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 mirrors the the CDC federal moratorium in a lot of ways, um, they all allow for a health and safety exception. So it was never the the, the, the legislator and the and the executive's intent that you know you could you could you could be selling drugs out of a unit and not get evicted. Or you know we had an instance where somebody let uh, let the high grade fireworks off inside the building. Wow, those are the people that the sheriff went. Yeah, they let fireworks off inside the the building and so those are the people that the sheriff would go with if there was a true imminent health and safety right if it falls under the, th- those things that i said you cannot do if you're, if you're dead people at the property or if you're damaging the property and through 2020 you know shamantiel when the when the landlord bar figured out that there was this health and safety exception and you know some of the attorneys on the landlord side we would tease each other because automatically every eviction was being filed with a 10-day notice right everything was a health and safety exception but but in reality it was really just them trying to circumvent the the, the governor's order right um, trying to get around but it. i will say I, I will congratulate uh, uh the cook county sheriff that they have been in, in my estimation um um very dutiful about only uh one about really looking closely into whether there is an actual bona fide verified health and safety threat at the premises and then only acting on on those very extreme um on those very extreme cases so okay so I'll, you know, I'll give kudos for for restraint and that's not something you hear tenants attorneys do a lot but <laughs> I, I do want to give the the, the, the Cook County Sheriff Tom Darden and, and his entire team down at the at the Daily Center uh, a big thumbs up because they have they have shown restraint and responsibility uh, in trying to navigate you know this new this new eviction world. Giving credit where credit is due. I did one thing that I did find interesting, and this leans more towards tenant to a tenant side. The Cook County Residential Tenant uh, Landlord Ordinance took effect in January 2021. If a landlord were to lock out a tenant, they and that means including threat, just threatening to lock out a tenant, locking windows, locking doors, changing locks, they can tenants can actually sue their landlords for up to two months for doing so. I didn't know that was also something yeah. going on. Oh no, a legal lockout has always been on the books. 
under the RLTO. That's Title 512 of the Municipal Code of the City of Chicago, commonly known as the RLTO, the Residential Landlord Tenant Ordinance. Okay. And self-help, meaning meaning a landlord uh, engaging in any activity to, to help uh, themselves effectuate the eviction, has long been prohibited, and there has been uh, monetary sanctions associated with that. So, yeah. Sorry, but I think and what was interesting to me about that was even before that I bought, even. even before when I bought the condo that I'm in now, there was a condo that I rented. And I remember that there was a particular tenant who got into it with one of the landlords. They got, they, it turned into a legal case and she got kicked out. And I remember my landlord trying to add a little disclaimer on my lease, although I'd already signed it saying that if I tried to sue her in any way that I would have to pay her legal costs. And it, it was a very strange situation. And if you're a tenant who really does not understand your rights, you can easily be taken advantage of by landlords. And that same landlord, there were other situations where one of the other tenants said she changed her locks. And she just ended up leaving. Sometimes you get to the point where you say, you know what, I don't want to deal with all of this. This is becoming too much. COVID-19 or for whatever reason, I don't feel like dealing with this landlord, I'm leaving. What would you say to tenants who just say, you know what, enough is enough. It's not worth all of this. I don't feel like dealing with the legal side. Would you tell them to fight it out or would you tell them leave if you don't feel comfortable? Well, here's what I would tell any tenant. Landlord retaliation in Illinois is illegal. Okay, okay. throughout the state. Um, a landlord cannot take affirmative measures to prohibit or interfere with your use or enjoyment of the premises just based on the fact that you have rental arrears or that you're in eviction court. Mm -hmm. There's a process that, that, that the state of Illinois um, has put long intents in effect um, and, and it's to protect the landlord and the tenant. So I would tell, you know, any tenant to hear this, that, it's just good to be candid with your landlord. And, you know, with, in the days of Google, it's very easy. You mm -hmm. know, tenants' rights in Chicago. Well, you know, what are my rights? And you can, you can learn quite a bit just by Googling RLTO Chicago about your rights. But I tell them, hang in there. I tell them, contact us. Um, contact the Illinois State Bar Association or contact the tenants' rights group and, and, and get uh, an, a, a summary of, of, of your rights under the, the circumstances you're in. Because, obviously, the landlord has pressure. They're feeling pressures, mm -hmm. economic, um, philosophical in many instances. They are going to pass those pressures on to the best of their ability to the tenant. But but we're in we're an unprecedented time, and so the tenant just needs to be very transparent. Um, they need to keep the lines of communication open. Don't hide from the landlord. Don't ignore the landlord. Be very plain. Understand that it's the landlord's duty to provide that declaration, but that a tenant can also go out on the Internet if they want on their own and do it. Um, thing um, that I want to get out to your listeners, mm -hmm. Jamontiel, is that there was another eviction um, um, order passed. It's 735 ILCS 5-9-121C, but, but we're calling it the 121C steal. What that has done is it removes all evictions filed during the uh, time uh, of the COVID uh, executive order's first issuance to now are automatically sealed. Mm. So even if a landlord filed an eviction against you last year or filed an eviction against you this year, it's not on the record. 
Okay, because the the legislator put um, legislature put put um, steps into place to automatically remove those evictions. So to this day, cases that I was representing and I could look up online uh, a week ago, mm -hmm. I go online now, I can't find them. So the threat of having an eviction on, you know, is filed last year, this year, during the time isn't there as much because all those evictions are going to be summarily sealed. All right. So you get a clean slate. All right. We're going to close out this interview. Can you please give the people your contact information, social media and so forth? Sure. Sure. If you want to reach the tenants rights group, we're very easy to find at www.tenant. That's T E N A N T S right. R I G H T S group. G R O U P.com. That's www.tenantsrightsgroup.com. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I knew you would give me a lot of good information to go with. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Montiel. We're so excited about your new Thank you. And if anybody, for the listeners who are checking on Medium, you can find Homegrown at medium.com slash homegrown. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll be talking to you soon. Be safe.